It's a new MacBook Pro 16 coming at ya. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we had to talk about today, obviously, because we've been talking about it in advance, and obviously, it's shown up. It just popped. It just popped right up. You know, Will? Mm-hmm. We got a new MacBook Pro. It's not in our lives yet, but... You can order one. Yeah, I'm going to order one up. Yeah. I got to check it out. Um, You know, Phil... Phil was talking to John. I'm sure John put in the word. Mm-hmm. John probably said, "Oh, you got to send. You forgot. You got to send one. One more thing. You know. Just yeah. John got to hit him. Yeah. Uh, shout out, John TLD. Yeah. Uh, he had an interview with Phil Schiller. They're talking about the new MacBook Pro. Insightful. You find out a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna order one up, obviously, and get to the bottom of it. Uh, tap on those keys, Will, as you would. And as you should. Yeah, they changed the keyboard. Weirdly enough, that's the most exciting thing for me because it kind of drove me away from the brand in the first place. Yeah. It's funny enough, you notice this one over here on my desk switched back because I missed this keyboard. In fact, I'm a bit of a keyboard guy. Yes. I'm going to have a laptop. I'm going to think time. about a keyboard. Mm-hmm. This new MacBook, they said, look, we got to move away from the butterfly thing. We tried. We did it. And everything I'm seeing so far is that, yes, as expected, it's a move back to the scissor mechanism. It's kind of a step back. Sometimes you got to step back to step forward, Will. Mm. So I've heard. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go backwards. Oh, yeah. Just replay it. Sometimes you need to know where you've been to figure out where you're going. Mm. Yeah, you... Mm. Very wise in this uh, episode. I don't know what we're doing. No, it's not. This is a pretty simple one, in fact. It's just you had something that was working. Imagine where they could have been if they kept working on the old mechanism and trying to shrink it and improve it, and they'd be that much further ahead. But that's really important as as a company, as a person, to look at something, be able to put it down and say, oh, okay, I tried that. Now, it didn't work out. No problem. Move to the next. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you double down. Sometimes you. Uh, it takes a while for you to, to figure out when to put it down. There's some pride involved and things like this. I'm saying for anybody, not just Apple. I'm saying for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's often just as important what you're willing to put down as it is what you're trying to hold on to. Very quotable today. No, I don't know. I'm not trying to. It's just, I'm just, it's a funny, it's a retrospective. I hear you. They went backwards. This keyboard apparently is a lot like the keyboard on the old MacBooks from 2015 and before. I don't know if you had one of those, Will. But that was, it was, it was spongier. It was more typical to what was in the marketplace. It was a chiclet style keyboard, a similar form factor, but you had the scissor mechanism and it felt like it, sounded like it. Nobody really had an issue with it. Yes. But they wanted to go a step further. They wanted that crazy low profile to make a, make a statement with the butterfly keys, which I remember the original keynote. You had Johnny Ive with the accent and the backdrop, and he's telling you yeah. about butterflies, and you can't help it. 
It seems interesting. Yeah. But they had to put it down now, so that's the most exciting thing for me. I got to try out this new keyboard. From from what I understand at this moment, it's not as clickety-clackety, it's not as noisy as the one you're using right now or any of the MacBooks laying around here that are post-2015. It's a little bit quieter, almost as quiet, in fact, as the new Chromebook, which, if you oh. recall, that thing was almost silent. They actually right. paid attention to the volume level, so... Some people are going to appreciate that, people who work in a social atmosphere with other humans nearby. I know you don't care, Will. You just clickety-clack all the way. Yeah. Up and I, down. I'm pretty sure I, you know, annoy Jack here. Oh, Jack is barely hanging on over there. Yeah. He's kind. Of, he's grinding into the desk with the fingernails every time. It's the clicking and the clacking. Now, obviously, there's other improvements here. It's now a 16-inch MacBook Pro. It's not an extra MacBook Pro. The 15-inch goes to bed now for good. The 15-inch is gone. The model that you're using. It's just the 16-inch. People were speculating exactly what technologies we were going to see in here beyond the keyboard improvement or shift. Uh, yeah, we have uh, an improved screen-to-body ratio. The screen now extends out further towards the edges to give you a bigger screen in a, in a similar footprint without extending the footprint too much because you've just you shrunk the bezels, as many people expected. I don't know if it's as aggressive as people expected it to be, but it's definitely an improvement. You can see so uh, by by looking for yourself. An interesting development. This one actually got a little thicker than the previous version. Apparently, Apple improved the cooling, but also the battery supposedly is improved, providing another hour of battery life. New battery tech is in there. And then also, presumably changing the keyboard design would have added some degree of thickness potentially to the unit as a whole and weight the weight goes up now you don't see apple doing this frequently will where they make a device heavier and thicker they've done it now with the iphone pro model now they're doing it with the macbook pro model are they listening to professionals well, they still only kept Thunderbolt 3 ports in the form of USB Type-C connectors. So, I mean, they didn't listen to that part. We were begging for an HDMI mm -hmm. or an SD card. I think people actually wanted the SD card SD probably card, more yeah. than anything else. So, but you can't say that they haven't listened a little bit in the sense that they made something thicker and heavier than the previous version in order to provide, for example, better battery life. And uh, obviously a bigger display as well. So it's not an exact apples to apples comparison. The old version they stated was good for 10 hours of battery life. The new one, 11. Otherwise, you're looking at the same I.O. with four Thunderbolt 3 ports on each of them. No uh, diversity of ports available. The new one, you can spec it to some crazy configuration, Will. Up to... 6099 bucks if you throw an 8 terabyte SSD into it which is obviously bananas. I don't know. Maybe for the maybe for the uh actually you know what I'm not going to say it. It's a surprise. I don't know which one I'm going to order, but it could be fun to check out the most advanced version Apple has ever made. Of course, the graphics now 5500M with 4 gigs of GDDR6 memory via AMD built-in collaboration. Oh, granted, you can step that up to 8 gigs of video RAM 
for an extra hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. There's other configurations available. Obviously, that's not the starting price, six thousand ninety nine. In fact, some people speculated the starting price might be even more than what it ended up being. I think it's around twenty four hundred dollars to start U.S. twenty three ninety nine exactly. Probably a lot of people would be fine with that model. It's still not a cheap laptop. Let's be honest here. You put the pro designation. You take a peek at the materials. You never expected it to be cheap, did you? Not less than that. Not less than two grand. And certainly not if you start specking a custom version. RAM, you can take up to 64 gigabytes, which is actually an increase over the previous 32 as well. The display is still listed as 500 nits, and the pixel density didn't change that much. It went from 220 to 226. You did get a few extra pixels because of the display being extended now into the bezels and, of course, measuring 16 inches instead of 15.4. The speakers apparently received a major improvement as well. It's now a six-speaker system. Something exciting there. They they claim there's a force-canceling woofer in this unit. That's kind of like noise canceling, except it's woofer canceling. Hmm. I know you're a big fan of that low end, Willie Do. Oh, yeah. Big fan of that. The thump that comes with it. Listen mm -hmm. to a couple tracks on the old laptop speakers, as you would. And anyhow, what can happen in some circumstances with laptops or when you have these thin and light packages and you try to cram audio components in there, particularly subwoofers, you get vibration. Vibration can be a consequence and an outcome. And so this extra this force canceling woofer it aims to uh, offset those vibrations so you don't get that buzz or rattle you just get the thump that you're looking for well sounds great yeah you're looking on a tuesday evening the thump that you're looking for on a tuesday evening yes. is it wednesday by the way yeah. on a wednesday evening tuesday wednesday who, who's checking who cares the other thing they mentioned they the, the the microphone they love the microphone and in john's video he recorded it entirely on the onboard microphone they say it's studio quality of course studio whose studio my studio your studio kanye's studio timbaland yeah they they say that dre's you studio can, uh, you can uh record a podcast using these mics here. This we could we, what do we got all this I stuff? Know, what is, big, big microphones you know. and we must be idiots. <laughs> Obviously. No, I mean look, look here. I believe that they've improved what you would typically from what you would typically get on a laptop. I believe that. How do you replace true studio hardware? It, it, things get a little squirrely. You start uh, taking your your liberties with the pro terminology and then you throw the word studio in. Dre did it with the Beat Studio. Not too many studios. They were using the Beat Studios. It was a consumer headphone. It's the kind of thing where an individual feels more pro yes. and more studio. And those are great things. Everyone's well, Yeah, those specific keywords. Yeah. You know. You know, you want when it comes to audio, you want studio. Yes. When it comes to photography, you want pro. You see how this goes well? Yes. Very aware. Anyway, it's going to come in silver, space grade. Also gets an upgraded charger up to 96 watts. Uh, that's coming from 87 watts USB Type-C on a previous version. I will order it up. I will unbox it on Unbox Therapy. I'll check it out. I'll compare the keyboard to everything I've been using recently because I've been into laptops, as I've explained. 
It's the Razer. It's the ThinkPad stuff. I'm checking things out. Of course, the Microsoft stuff, which is thinner and more ultra-portable. This is a pro unit, so it'll actually compare. This model that you're specking right now will compare kind of nicely to this ThinkPad. This is the X1 Extreme. It's not 16-inch. I believe it's 15 and a half. But, of course, I've talked a lot about it. You can go watch the video if you want. It'll be a nice little comparison. And most importantly, I'll be checking out if they really fix the keyboard thing and how I feel about the new keyboard construction because I explained I'm a keyboard guy. I'm into it. I gravitate towards the laptop when I want to tap the keys. Next up, we have this iPhone Slide Pro concept. A lot of people sent this to me, Will. A lot of people sent this on Twitter, the mm. video of this. Yes. And some, I mean, I don't think anybody believed. I obviously didn't believe it was real. I think a lot of people wanted it to be real because it's cool. Yes. But it's far beyond the current technological capabilities to develop a product like this. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen this iPhone Slide Pro concept, it's a guy who he, apparently he makes these concept videos and often there's a luxury car involved. He's done these keys in the past with touchscreens and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's CG. And essentially he kind of imagines futuristic devices. And in this case, he's imagined a futuristic iPhone, which is a slider, kind of like a T-Mobile sidekick type of slider, except everything's a screen. You unveil a portion of screen plus cameras. It's very science fiction. And of course, there's no bezels anywhere. It's the screen to body ratio is a thousand percent. It folds out both ways from the left or the right. He's multitasking. So, yeah. I mean, this is this is better than some of the supposedly science fiction smartphones that pop up in Hollywood. Yes. They should just hire this guy mm -hmm. because this is giving me strong future vibes. And I'm big on the future vibes, as mm -hmm. you know, as I would be. Anyway, so he's, he's multitasking. He's got Instagram open at the same time. He's browsing YouTube, watching videos. Uh, it's kind of a dream come true. Interestingly enough, no folding necessary in his iPhone Slide Pro concept because you're sliding instead. And uh, it's all very exciting, opening apps and so forth. Let's read a little bit here. This is via researchsnipers.com. The new iPhone concept named iPhone Slide Pro is being rumored. Well, it's not. You can't call it a rumor. <laughs> It's a, it shows off this dual screen concept. You can slide it to the left or the right, as Will mentioned. And it unveils a screen underneath it. So as opposed to sliding out to a keyboard, it slides out to a completely digital. Does that even make sense from a physical? Does that even work in your brain? If you slide it that yeah. way, that comes out. Okay. And if you slide it the other way, there's more space for some reason. I wonder why he did it like that. See how there's more space on mm -hmm. the left slide than the right slide? Mm -hmm. The right slide was for the camera functions. Yeah, I, I think I think people would be really concerned if this product really actually existed because that left slide leaves not a lot of overlap mm -hmm. for the construction. So now you're wondering about durability. You're having fold, fold gate 2.0 over there. Yes. Will, or slide gate. Yes. Anyway, it's just a concept. It's very cool to look at. I think you should check it out. Of course, I got a tweet from Ben Geskin, who's always 
he's he's leaking stuff and he 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 said it's a concept but that comes lower down in the caption instead it says iPhone slide pro with 18k rose gold followed by flame emoji and then heart eye emoji double hearts in the eyes mm. these are two of Will's favorite emojis and when they're combined they create a uh, they create a dent in the universe uh, uh, yeah, yeah. an entry point uh, what would you call it, Will? A rift? What's a rift? Yeah, a rift. They create a rift yeah. in the universe Yeah. when you combine them. So try it out for yourself. Put the flame emoji in the hard eyes and see what happens. In the case of Ben Gaskin, it gave him uh, 5,723 likes mm. on Twitter, hearts. So you try it out for yourself, see how it goes. But you might need the iPhone slide pro concept to go with it. It looks cool. It's not real. It's not happening anytime soon. We're going to see folding first. Obviously, we're seeing folding with the Moto product, Razer 2019. Uh, it's cool nonetheless. Minecraft Earth is live. So get ready to tap around. This Minecraft, obviously, a huge, it's a huge thing. Yep. People are building. Adventures. There's Lots. blocks in, in involved. There's crafting. Yes. There's building. Yes. There's crafting. Oh, I love the soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. So relaxing. Mm. Have you ever heard the soundtrack, the Minecraft soundtrack? So, uh, I mean, I'm into it for the soundtrack. Well, of course, Microsoft bought Minecraft back in the day, long time ago now, for a boatload of cash, as Willie Do likes to say. And this is the new, this is the next big development in Minecraft, an experiment in real world augmented reality gaming. Minecraft in the real world, you take the, your, your constructions, your creations, and you see what they look like, Will, in the real world. It's very exciting for a Minecraft player. And uh, it adds a new dimension. It's, it's, it's high tech. You're interacting with, it's augmented reality. It's AR, yes. It's your big AR guy. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a big fan. Who's what's the guy at the record label who? A and &R. &R. You're a big A and R guy and a big A and R guy. Both, yes. And a big A and R guy. What? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some people don't like. I remember rappers used they would they would rap about their A and R guy. Mm. But shout they, out A and R. No, they wouldn't shout him out. They they talk. Oh. They talk about him, talk oh. bad things about him, Will. Because I don't swear on this show. It's a family show. Yeah. Talk bad things. Anyway, this is cool. I can't help but have a Pokemon Go feeling. Feeling very Pokemon looking at this. Very lighthearted. But also, Casual. just go. You remember Pokemon mm -hmm. thing? You're walking around the world. Niantic. Is that the name of the company? You're walking around. Everyone's looking for Pokemon. Now it's... Now everybody out on the street is going to be just looking at their Minecraft creations. Mm -hmm. Is uh, that exciting to you? I mean, I'm not going to. I can't be. Imagine if you saw me out there doing this. <laughs> the middle of the road? Yeah, imagine you came, you came in here one day and you just see me out there. Oh. I'm just on the, on, the, on the grass over there. I'm just. It's like you lost it, brother. You'd start. You, you would, you'd be fairly concerned, I would assume. Oh, yeah. 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 So. The pocket-sized AR game lets you collect blocks and critters wherever you go. So collecting blocks and critters, that's very Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. Undertake little adventures with friends and, of course, build sweet castles. 
I think it's a cool idea. It's hard, man, with this AR stuff. It's hard to figure out what the implementation or application is going to be that pushes it over the top, that really convinces people it's the next thing. And so, you I mean, the more people that are taking a crack at it, the better, maybe. Mm -hmm. The more people that are cracking at it, the greater the likelihood the adoption takes place. People start to get used to the idea of it, and then we see some sort of a in advance in the area. We talked about the new HoloLens on a previous episode, HoloLens 2. That's at the far end of the spectrum at $3,500. This, anyone can boot it up and try it out. It's not full-out AR, Will, because you're still looking at your phone. There's a lim limitation in right. immersiveness, but it gets you used to the idea of digital elements in the physical world. Yeah, I can see this uh, being really inspirational to maybe, like, future programmers. You know, dealing with, like, reality and then programming for it. Will in he do? digital world. Will he do? Well, or even one thing I will say I like about the Minecraft uh, brand culture in general is it's a build culture. Well, mm. you're making things, which is cool. It's not so many so many games share similar patterns. Eh. You go and do this, you shoot everyone, or you go and do that, and you. Yeah, this is more on like creation. You race a car. Yes. Particularly on the phone, you race a car. You. Tap a thing. Yeah. Uh, tower defense. I used to play tower defense games. Oh, yeah. too I, mean, I don't know why. Uh, well, it helps with your uh, resource management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If I guess in real life it would apply. I don't think that's you know? true. I don't know. Maybe. So uh, it's cool the idea that it's creative. It's one of the few super hit games. Yes. It might, I think Minecraft might be the biggest hit ever. Maybe with the exception of Tetris. I can't remember. I looked this up recently. Minecraft is one of the biggest games of all time. And it's kind of cool that one of the biggest games of all time is a creative, an inherently creative game in which you are meant to manipulate the environment and generate your own creations. So it's coming out in a number of markets, by the way. Holy moly. There's another AR game coming out too, by the way, or maybe it's recently out. Harry Potter Wizards Unite. That okay, one's probably that, that one's a little lower down the list for me compared okay. to the Minecraft thing. Yeah. But hey, man, I, Harry Potter's a big deal. Mm -hmm. The house that you're in, I listen to the entire podcast. People go to conventions. Yeah, and uh, I'm in the Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin house. Yeah. Or uh, Hufflepuff. Yeah. No. What's the Gryffindor, oh. baby? Yeah. And and then people get super psychological about it. Mm -hmm. In fact, in this podcast, I don't know if it was Radio Lab or Planet Money or I don't remember which podcast it was, but they're interviewing these people and it's a psych evaluation. It's a, they, they, they can basically determine. Yes. With a talking hat. What? That you put it on and then it tells you. Oh, okay. The hat talks and tells it, you which it, it, but, but, but they're using the character format of Harry Potter yes. to figure out how you approach things in real life. Yes. Like, what are those tests called? You did one the other day. What's it called? A personality test. Yes. Yeah, it's like some sort of personality test, test that applies to real life, but through the lens of Harry Potter characters to make it, I guess, a little more comfortable. And if people go to these conventions. They get around people that are a similar personality in the same house, uh, slithering around. 
I did that on purpose. Stop it. I did that on purpose. Sure about that? All right. The following countries are going to have access to the new Minecraft. We're looking at U.S., U.K., Canada, South Korea, Philippines, Sweden, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, Iceland. If you are a Minecraft fan, well, you probably already know about this. If you haven't heard about it, you can give it a shot. Play Minecraft in the real world. It's Minecraft Earth. It's available on iOS and Android. This one is interesting to me, Will. And maybe it's interesting to you as well. Nike, very big brand, very big company. Sell shoes. You don't say. They got athletes, endorsements. They got red boxes, all kinds of boxes. I actually don't wear that many Nikes. Not anymore, no. Did you ever call it Nike? Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> some some it never people, occurred to me. Some people call it Nike. Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the UK, I think they call Is that it a Nike. Thing? I don't know. A pair of Nikes. You can see why it's N I K E. Sure. It's like the Porsche thing. Uh, well, you want to call it Nike? Call it Nike. I don't get offended. Whatever. Yeah. I call it Nike. They're, uh, Nike's going to pull its products from Amazon. And this is interesting to me because obviously Amazon, enormous, big player, huge. We talk about them all the time. Changing a game. Game done, changed. Mm-hmm. Game will never be the same. It's a done deal. Yeah. They're, they met, my God, the dominance, bananas. You think about all the things you buy on Amazon. For me, it's a problem. I'm just clicking around. Hmm. I'm clicking, and then things show up at my house. Yes. See, the problem with that, though, probably from Nike's perspective, pulling all their products from there, is that they don't own very much of the experience, the customer experience. The, the customer could just as easily flip to some other brand because it's super convenient. They're already on Amazon. Right. They got the suggested products. Oh, uh, you like this Nike sneaker? You you might also like this Ultra Boost. Mm. See, Nike doesn't make Ultra Boost. Well, you should know. Yes. Big fan. You're wearing a pair right now, so you should know. Yep. The athletic brand will stop selling its sneakers and apparel directly on Amazon's website, ending a pilot program that began in 2017. They have been pivoting a lot recently, Nike. Trying to become one with the times. The times are changing. In almost every segment, it's not just tech. Everything's tech now. Mm-hmm. Even apparel, even sneakers. You know, Nike's website, it's all a lot of stuff. I did the custom Nikes at one time. That's another avenue they can go down. They can control a lot of the experience and own the relationship completely on their own e-commerce platform. Now, in 2017, they probably thought, hey, we, we should have some kind of Amazon footprint. But as you know, Amazon... They take a big chunk too, take a big piece of the margin, up to 30% in some cases. That's a it's like a almost a retail margin going on there. Nike doesn't have to give that up. They feel like their brand is big enough. They feel like their brand doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't say this. I'm just look, they pulled it from Amazon. So obviously they believe that to be to be true. As part of Nike's focus on elevating consumer experiences through more direct personal relationships, we've made the decision to complete our current pilot with Amazon retail. We will continue to invest in strong, distinctive partnerships for Nike with other retailers and platforms to seamlessly serve our consumer globally. You see that? Well, if you work for a big corporation, you start talking like that. You get a job at Nike, all of a sudden your words come out like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I I probably didn't even write it. I just had to sign it, right? Other people wrote it. 
Oh, they just gave you the, they gave like, you the sheet. Yeah, I approve. The the, yeah. the words come up in the boardroom. Yes. But what I'm saying is you get into the groove of seeing the statements and all of a sudden all your conversations start going you're out for drinks with friends and that's Yeah, just super corporate. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. You say you say I'm Willie Do and I'm interested in elevating the experiences of this evening and therefore I'll order another beverage. Everyone just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably wouldn't work at the bar. But anyway, it works great for corporations. Uh, so anyhow, it's, it's been this constant kind of... Uh, it's been this constant kind of evaluation going on. It was a, always a pilot program, but that's pretty long for a pilot program. And the benefits of being on Amazon are obviously pretty well understood. It's this tremendous reach that's available... To, to brands that are on Amazon. It's the comfort that an individual has of pulling the trigger on Amazon to order something with the Prime and the free shipping, and they've already got an account. I mean, everybody has an account on Amazon. So obviously there's, you're, you could potentially be introducing some friction for your brand. You remove it from the retailer, but a company the scale of Nike, they probably don't want to give too much power to the retailer because they don't have to, where some other brands might. And so we'll see how it works out for them. One thing I will say, their, their own online presence, if you head to their e-commerce platform, very slick, uh, a very cool experience, man. You're definitely not on Amazon, tell you what. So if they get you over here, if they get a guy like Kirk on this website, he's, he's leading with something. He's he, exactly because it's just it's kind of a man. It, it just feels like a slicker place to be, mm -hmm. and I get it. Amazon has to be everything for everyone, so obviously it's a bit more noisy. But Nike is just a brand of a different scale, and they're they're making the bet that they don't need Amazon. Now, important to note: all Nike products will not evaporate off Amazon. They just won't be there in an official way. There will always be the third-party sellers and things like this that will probably post stuff there. And there's nothing Nike can really do to stop that. Mm -hmm. Or I don't believe they intend on stopping that. But as far as in, being in a big way, getting their product out to the world, this is the way they want you to do it. So you go check out Nike for yourself. And you tell me down in the comments if, this, if you feel like this is a good move or a bad move. And maybe for you as a customer, if you prefer the convenience of being able to get it off Amazon or if you don't care, creating an account on nike.com it's up to you i noticed they got other brands at the top too you have jordan you have hurley and you have converse so mm. nike they got they got all kinds of things well you don't even know what they got mm. google plans to give slow websites a new badge of shame in chrome so i kind of like this you know sometimes will you click on a website it's like, pop, 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 pop. It's, like it's like what's going on here it's a nightmare experience right yeah. Obviously, Google, not a huge fan of experiences like that, which makes sense because ultimately they want to keep you on the web. If they keep you on the web, you have a high, higher likelihood of seeing their ads, of interacting with their products, having a good time. Mm -hmm. Kind of like watch time on, on, on YouTube here. Shout out to anyone watching right now. You're contributing mm -hmm. in a big way. And we owe everything to you. Obviously, Google wants to keep you in a good mood as well. They just want to keep you moving around the web. And people that have poor experiences on websites, obviously, 
are going to want to get off the web. So they have developed a badge that's going to let you know pre-click before you click on something or shortly after clicking on it, you're going to get a warning that you're on a slow site, a heavy, a heavy website. And you're going to get to decide at that moment if you want to wait for it or you want to go have some other experience. Now, some, some websites, they get out of control, Will. They just get out of... What was the site you were on the other day? We just got blasted. Was it Daily... Daily Mail. Daily Mail. I'm still recovering. I'm still... I'm yeah. recovering from that experience right now. Oof. It was... Pop, 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 pop. You were getting pelted. You see? It was violent. Mm -hmm. In fact, I felt bad for you. So this hopefully could save you from that. You'd say, you know, that news story is posted on seven different sites. I'm going to back out and try another one where I got a different badge. That's the idea here. And then eventually what happens over time, Will, is you create a new culture in which web developers consider this. Big brands. Maybe I shouldn't say web developers. There's probably a lot of web developers that are sitting in a daily, daily mailroom saying, you can't slow down on it. You can't have all this. And then, but the yeah. boss at the top is... Like more. Did you dent your table? Hey, man. <laughs> the boss at the top, he's slamming the gavel. Is yeah. that the right term? Yeah. You know what that is? Yeah. The wooden hammer looking thing? Yeah, if you're a judge. Judge and jury. He might just be all about the bottom line, and then the developer's like, fine. I'm going to put that away. I'm going to put that to Please the side. Do. Developer's like, fine, I'll do it. Anyhow, this is good. I like this move. I think it shifts the culture. And then uh, these websites start to realize the downside of having these heavyweight sites that's, that load slowly. And of course, Will, I should mention, this is even more important in markets where the connection speed is slow. Imagine how slow it could be if you didn't even have a fat connection like you do. Then it's just, you're, and you're having a nightmare experience. So now you reprogram the individual's putting the content out to go more lightweight, and it improves everybody's experience as you shift the culture. It's just an experiment right now, by the way, I should say. So we'll see if it rolls out in a bigger fashion uh, in, the, in the long term. They've got this loading screen to warn Chrome users, it's a, or it will show up as a loading progress bar. It'll be green if the site is fast and red if it's slow. They call it speed badging you gotta have full speed will mm. so i kind of like this i think it's a good development shout out google for improving that experience you gotta get willie do off the heavyweight sites it's ruining his day please tim cook is gonna host donald trump at the texas apple factory the mac pro factory in austin texas now i don't know if you know will i don't know if you remember but when the new Mac Pro was originally announced, they said, ah, see you later, Texas. They had made the trash can Mac Pro in Austin, Texas, or at least assembled it there, done a portion of the manufacturing there, based on certain incentives to do so from the, from the U.S. government or mm -hmm. presumably some agreements, uh, handshakes, mm. if you will. Mm. And... In the midst of all this trade stuff going on, it was kind of odd to see that they would abandon that. You would have thought those in incentives would remain. 
to, to, to take that new Mac Pro and also do a portion of the assembly in Austin, Texas, in the same facility that they were doing with the previous version. But they said, nah, just do it in China. Well, that changed. And then they changed their tune and they changed their story. And they said, you know what? They flipped it back. Tim said, I had a meeting with Trump. And we figured it out. And we're back in Austin now. So who knows? What is that conversation like? Just says, Tim, Austin, great barbecue down in Austin. Yeah. Tim's like, really? Haven't been yet. Let's forget about all this incentive stuff and just have barbecue. He's like, I haven't even been yet. I mean, we opened the facility. I mean, think about it. Trump's like, great barbecue, Austin, love it. So then they set a date. He says, I'll come down. They agree to a meeting. They go straight for the barbecue first. Have you been to Austin before? No, I haven't. It's a barbecue thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The people are lining up. If you go to South by Southwest, the people are lining up for barbecue. So, and tacos. It's a taco thing, and it's a food truck thing. So, shout out Austin. But anyhow, they're going to go. So, they're going to go. They're going to have the barbecue. He's going to tour the facility. Even though this is not official yet. It's not an official line. Didn't come from the White House press or anything. But it's sort of speculative, I guess, to a certain degree. And he's going to take a look at how this Mac Pro comes together. And he's going to say, America, look at America. He's going to take the photo op. Look at America. We're making things in America. And Tim's going to... Tim's going to clap, and it's going to be wonderful. At least that's the way the report looks for the time being. President Donald Trump and Apple CEO Tim Cook are reportedly expected to tour the company's Texas-based manufacturing facilities together soon. It was reported originally by CNBC on Tuesday. Uh, It's not, like I said, it's not been officially confirmed by the White House or Apple. Who knows? They might want to keep it low-key for whatever reason. But we have some funny dialogue here from Trump in his about his relationship with Tim Cook. Here's the quote. He's the one that calls me. That's why we have a that's why he's a great executive because he calls me. And others don't. Others go out and hire very expensive consultants and Tim Cook calls Donald Trump directly. That's Donald Trump calling himself Donald Trump, you see. Yeah. He's the one that calls me. That's why he's a great executive. He calls me. So you see how that works, Will? You want to be a great executive, you got to call Donald Trump. Yeah. And instantly you're a great executive. Yeah. I, I'm surprised he didn't call him Tim Apple. That would have been. You know what's funny is, is that, that he can say this positive stuff, but then he can also go on Twitter and say, hey, Tim, your new iPhone sucks. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. He was hey, he's upset, about the, upset about the home button going yeah. away. Yeah. And... So he can do both at the same time. Anyhow, uh, he's going to head down there. And it appears they have a decent relationship, at least because Cook has been on these various uh, business advisory boards. Yes. He's, he didn't leave. Uh, Elon left. Elon said, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. This guy's nuts. He didn't say those words, obviously. But he said, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't be a part of it, even though he tried to stick it out. But Tim is still there. Tim's still – there is a line of communication and Tim is still lobbying, presumably, to uh, to get a little breathing room on the tariffs, sure. get a delay, any kind of positive development in that department, because obviously they are importing mm-hmm. tremendous or exporting from China tremendous amounts of electronics materials. 
and and they could benefit greatly through having this relationship work out. So it's interesting. The uh, what are the what are the consequences? I'd say the better their relationship, likely, the lower the prices of your Apple products can remain in the short term, and also the higher the potential of Apple products having some degree of assembly in the United States. Pride. An American flag on the box, not an Apple logo. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe both. All right, last one for me. Have you heard of a company called Jetpack Aviation? Well, you have now. This is coming via TechCrunch. This company just raised $2 million to build the prototype of a flying motorcycle. Would you look at that? We got Kirk's attention. He turned his head sideways. He turned his head sideways when he saw that. They got... I mean, this is obviously a rendering. It's not real video. Well, some of it might be real video. The the actual helicopter shot, probably real video. And then a dude is composited, composited in on his motorcycle that's flying. That is downtown Los Angeles. And a man is basically riding a flying sea dew to work. This looks like a advent, Avengers movie or something. Yeah, no. No, no, no. They want to build that thing in real life. Yeah. The startup Jetpack Aviation is actually backed by Y Combinator as well. So they got some heavy hitters. They got some heavy hitters actually throwing some money at them. Their new flying motorcycle, which will be the world's first, is a personal aircraft they're calling the Speeder. uh, Probably inspired by Star Wars, obviously. And they actually think they're going to be able to build it. Now, there's been some development in what are called VTOL VTOL vehicles, and that's vertical takeoff landing. I should have asked you. I should have put you on a spot with that. I, I, yeah, I was. Were you gonna go there? Yeah, I felt like I knew. You felt like you had that yeah. one. All right, I apologize. Yeah. I, I took away your moment, yeah. so I apologize for that. Yeah. But VTOL devices or vehicles designs, typically, there people have tried to apply it to flying car concepts, because you have no runways. In right. life, you got to be able to go straight up and straight down, like a drone, sort of. Especially in the cities. Especially any any environment where that's uh, where you have a congestion, where you have human beings living. Now, apparently, the thing holding back the other designs, the larger designs, is the, and is the amount, the weight, the amount of power necessary to create these VTOL vehicles. And they think they can get around it with a VTOL motorcycle because it's going to be lighter weight and only have to carry one person straight up and down. They think it will legitimately be the first flying passenger vehicle like Mm. this. Uh, It can take off and land vertically and reach top speeds potentially over 400 miles an hour. No exposed rotors makes it a lot safer and easier to operate company also says it can be refueled in less than five minutes. Hmm. It's all very exciting. I don't know that you're going to want to fly that thing at 400 miles an hour, Will. I don't even know you can breathe. (sighs) But I don't even think you have to. In L.A. traffic, I think that's why they showed it off in L.A. as well. Dude's just floating over top the traffic in the video. Video's cool to see. Yeah, very cool. He's just floating over top the traffic, as you would in L.A. if you had this thing. Of course, my mind immediately envisions a future in which there's thousands of those now i'm wondering how they all cooperate in the air Mm -hmm. where are they allowed to fly and not allowed to fly but that's boring let's not get into that let's stay in science fiction would you ride this as it is right now yeah i will have to ride it 
in a in an environment where I'm not competing with skyscrapers and things like this, like downtown LA. Where he is now in the desert or wherever that is, I can see it. Right. I can see it. I mean, I want to ride it. Obviously, I want to ride it. But you know it's gonna be a while. Granted, they don't they don't they don't think it's gonna be a while. They're actually they actually want to build at least the prototype. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, the reason it's more viable in the near term is that it will rely on battery-based flight instead of turbine propulsion. And the current battery energy density is too low for most electrically powered VTOLs to be practical because, like I said, they're too heavy, too big, whatever. And this one, on the other hand, can get around that. Actually, Will, their first target is uh, military. Mm. As you might imagine. Imagine imagine a military coming at you with that. What you gonna do? You you gonna? Oh, it's over for you. Gonna take a hike. Yeah, you're gonna take a hike, guy like you. Anyway, that's it for me. What a time! As I've said before, what a time! It's Willie Do. Willie Do's in the house. Yeah. Willie Do with the red light. Willie Do on the laptop. Yeah. Willie Do in 2019. You're a cozy guy these days, am I right? For the most part, now, yeah. It's we're getting a lot of snow up here. It's nice to cozy hunker down. I know you told me before the episode you wanted a moment at the end of the show just to address the people. You had a real strong message today. So yeah, I'm going to let you have this moment right here. I'm going to carve out some time for you here. So you can, I'm glad. Thank you. So you can address the people it. and just get it off your chest, whatever it was you were discussing earlier. I just want to give a shout out to uh, the people working on the backgrounds here. Uh, one of them is Fotis and the other is Harry Stranger. So shout out to them. If you have any artwork to submit, uh, you can submit them at will at lulater.com. And uh, I think the resolution's 12,800 by 3,200. Willie do, ladies and gentlemen, full business today, full LinkedIn today. It's yeah. unbelievable. What a time. Yeah. We're going to be back.